0: Hello, and welcome to the Rubber Duck Dev Show. My name's Chris.
1: My name is Creston. This is where I say I'm Jason? Yeah,
0: you got it, man. What a pro. (laughs) And uh, tonight, we are going to have a fun and pleasant, chill discussion about hashtag no more estimates. Uh, But before we get into that wonderful stuff, uh, let me welcome the chat. Um. Hey Colin, how you doing? And let me say that we are very excited to have Jason Charnes with us tonight. He is from the Remote Ruby podcast. Um, he does a lot of stuff with um, Andrew and works for Podia. And we are very happy to have him here to discuss this with us, hang out with us and just have some coffee, coffee room chat. I forgot to get my coffee before the show, but, you know, maybe I can get Jason talking and I can sneak out and fix me a cup.
1: I'm impressed that you can drink coffee at eight o'clock at night. Only while I'm streaming, dude. Um,
0: all right. Hey, Brittany, how you doing? Um, all right. So before we get started, Creston, how was your week?
2: Man, I'm continuously busy. I don't know what it is I'm, or it or the task that I have to do. Talking about estimates, I'm estimating because holy crackerjack, there's just, <laughs> I'm so behind on all this stuff. I'm like, I should have been done with this by now. Um, nothing really significant to talk about other than that. I mean, doing some things related to, to some Postgres upgrades for some clients, uh, doing some Rails consulting as well. Going back to the thing I mentioned last week, do you remember how I? my AWS infrastructure for my SaaS app, I was um, d- updated basically how I set it up to try and reduce costs. And it looks like it's tracking that I did half the costs and I got more performance numbers for this following week. And according to Skylight, which is what I use for uh, performance, it going from last week, to this week, the performance doubled. So my, as a result of this change, I really didn't do any other changes. So it went from like a typical performance of 100 milliseconds response time to 50 milliseconds response time across across everything. And then the problem performance dropped in half as well. So that's been a huge gain. So yeah, so double the performance, half the cost.
0: Nice. That's, hey, win-wins are always good. Um. Hey, welcome, Marco Roth. Welcome to the chat. Thanks for joining us, hanging out. Um, so I got into, all right, so you guys, if you've listened to a couple of shows, you've you kind of followed this saga of us upgrading to Ruby 3.1 on this huge platform app. We finally got it to production, and things started breaking. <laughs> Because, you know, there are edge cases out there with that we're missing the double splat thing, and that bloody double splat thing has just become the bane of my existence. So, this week I rolled I rolled it back to uh, 267, 276, 2.x, two, two whichever one the last one is. It's been a long week. It's still Monday, I think. Uh, anyway, I had to roll that back, push that out so that The edge cases that we happen to not have test coverage for wouldn't break, but it would still support the Ruby 3 double splat setup that I had already done, because there was a lot of that. I'm like, I'm not rolling all that crap back. Good God, no. So now I've got to go through the test suites and find out what's not being covered and make sure that we've got tests that are covering all that stuff so I don't have customers finding my edge cases for me. That always sucks. So you know it's so,
2: <laughs> it's been a did week. Did you go did you go from Ruby two, a two X version to Ruby three one? Like you skipped three Ruby three?
0: I well we didn't go to production with three, but I went to three, put it in QA, okay. and then once that was cleared through QA, I went to three one. Okay. So, yeah, I did step it. I'm not. I'm not a complete masochist,
1: but <laughs> <I'm
2: just scared.
1: laughs>
0: uh, so anyway. H- how about you, Jason?
1: I am deep in the pits, removing Webpacker from our Rails app. <laughs> and, yes, we we have made some. I won't say we. I have made some little huge mistakes along the way the past few years, uh, writing JavaScript and managing it in our app. And our build times are suffering pretty bad. So with the JS bundling Rails and CSS bundling Rails, light with Rails 7, we've been pushing towards that. So I've been taking images out of Webpacker. Those are back in the asset pipeline. I've been taking uh, SAS out of the webpacker build and actually running like a standalone SAS command. And then now we are slowly working on getting our packs converted to little ES build files that run. So that nice. is my those are my weeks.
2: Right. I'm afraid of when I have to do that.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I I, I think I'll just start it start new in, in Rails seven and skip
1: we've been talking about doing this for years um andrea in the chat uh, she and i like specifically have been like eyeing it and like trying here and there but finally we got the green light and we're close we we run some complications we run two versions of bootstrap so we have like legacy screens and bootstrap three Oh. And then we have a new like UI system that we've built on top of Bootstrap four. So I had to still serve both of those. So I'm sure I <laughs> vendored Bootstrap three to serve through the asset pipeline. And I'm running bootstrap four through the asset pipeline with like the SAS um, command line tool going through no modules. It's it's a wild ride. Good god, man. My brain just melted. <laughs>
0: It's fun, so,
1: uh, but it's working, so we're getting there.
0: Hey, well, that's always that's always the thing. If it's working, it's a win. Uh, Andrew, Andrea, welcome to the chat. All right, so we are going to talk about um, the the no more estimates thing, but just uh, before we we go there, uh, Jason, I'd like to to hear a little bit about you. What's
1: What's what's your background, man? Yes. I spent my early years thinking I was going to be a professional musician. And when that bottomed out, or I guess before that bottomed out, I found programming and fell in love with it. So I was in college, uh, did the the seven-year no degree track, just like aimlessly wandering around, figuring out what I wanted to do found programming, Same. fell in love with it, started taking computer science courses. They let me take these computer science classes on permits. Cause I didn't have like the prerequisite math classes. So I was in advanced data structures and algorithms. And I was still on like college math, like not even to like college algebra yet. And they were like, you can't do this. And I was like, I can't do this. So dropped out. Got a job and here we are. So awesome. And then you've been doing the remote Ruby podcast for a couple years now? Yeah, we started that in 2018. It was June of 2018. So almost what's that four years now? Jeez. Terrifying. Doing that a while, do that with my friends Chris and Andrew Mason, who you had on the show recently. Yep. And Chris and then, is actually coming next week. There we go. You're completing the the triangle Uh, of remote Ruby. I am. I'm a collector, man. I got to have the whole set. (laughs) Uh, Outside of that, I work for Podia. We are a digital storefront platform for creators to sell courses, eBooks. I've been there over four years and just writing tons of rails and I'll whisper a little react. So. Uh, and speaking of which you just had a course go
0: free course. I did.
1: Yes. We, we started using stimulus reflex. Uh, If you're unfamiliar with that, it is a tool to build reactive web interfaces using WebSockets and rails. We started using that at Podia in 2020 and towards the end of 2020, I thought I'd make a course on it and it was a $99 course. And then over the last year, it hasn't really seen much, uh, in terms of updates and kind of felt like it was starting to maybe age a little. And I thought actually, well, yeah, I told y'all before we started, actually, someone asked me for a discount and I thought, I think it would be easier just to make this free than to like generate, do the work to generate the code. So it's free for everyone now. (laughs)
2: Discounts so, are too hard. So, Freeze.
1: So,
0: so not pure altruism, but
2: but pretty I mean, close.
1: I mean, <laughs> it's been on my mind for a while. The thing the thing that was tough is I would be like, I don't I want to be fair to the people who've like invested in the course. Sure. And then like I'd kind of go a couple of months without that sale and be like, all right, it's time. And then the sale would come in and I'd be like, Well, now I feel bad, like I don't want to like do it yet. So finally uh. I was inspired actually by Andrea. Uh, she made her Hotwire course free earlier this year, I think. And I was like, "That, that's, that's a pro move. I want to do that. So here we are. Cool. All right. So let's transition
0: into the fun stuff. Hashtag no more estimates. Now, I'll lay down a couple of ground rules because I know this is a hot button topic for a lot of people. Chat, be nice. You can absolutely disagree. Just be nice. <laughs> don't don't call Creston names. He doesn't like it.
2: <laughs> Make me sad.
0: So all right, so um no more estimates. So basically there's this, this hashtag on Twitter that's been going around for a while. Um that we don't want to do estimates for technical work anymore don't make any sense they're they're useless they cause problems um, And andrea just automatically agrees with jason great <laughs> that's an easy sell um and andrew of course disagrees well you know andrew being andrew um <laughs> uh so i am this seems to be broken along the lines of project managers and devs, right? That seems to be kind of where the two camps separate. Project managers tend to be, yeah, but we need estimates. We we have to have them. And devs are like, yeah, but every time I give you an estimate, you hold my feet to the fire and stand over me and say, why isn't this done at 4.55 like you said it would be, right? Um... Now, I I have been a dev and I have been a project manager. I've been on both sides of this argument. So my position, Chris disagrees with Andrew disagreeing with Jason. Get him Chris. Um, my position is that we have to have estimates, but if you are a uh, project manager, that's holding your developer's feet to the fire because they gave you an estimate and you're putting their head on the chopping block for it, bad project manager. Okay, just bad, don't do that. Because that's the reason we have this in the first place. So that's my position. Uh, So Jason, what is your position on this?
1: I feel that I have to preface this with, I am currently in a pretty privileged position where I don't have people who at 451 are asking where my projects are. Um, And my experience before that was different too. So when we first started talking about this, I had to actually like take a day and think about it and like form an opinion. And I think even though it feels kind of like a cop-out, I think I'm team loose estimates where... I am right now not a project manager, but I am in those meetings all of a sudden recently and also still a developer. And I see the value of estimates in terms of like planning projects and like having a a good idea of like, okay, if this project finishes, then this person can move here with this person, like it's very good. Um, but at the same time as someone who is, uh, I'm finding the word that it's not very vulgar. As uh, someone who's just really bad at <laughs> estimating my own work, um, it's hard for me to like give good estimates. So that's why I hold the loose thing. And that's I hold that view and I say I'm privileged because I actually probably got this mindset from Podia where uh, our CEO is actually kind of our project manager. And... While he is excited to obviously like get new features out the door, things like that. uh, There is always been a balance of getting the project done without like burning out a developer or without rushing it. And so, but we still give estimates. And what we actually do in Podia is we say every week we give an update. So we just do weekly updates on our project. And we say, this is the day I think it'll be done here's the percentage of how confident I am about that date. Um, and that's been actually really good because I'll, if I'm really confident about a project, 80, 90%. If I'm not confident about a project, eh, I'm like 50, 60% sure I can deliver it on this date. So that's that's uh, my very high overview, of how I feel about it right now. Cool.
0: And I I would, I would tend to, line up with you on that, I think. Creston, uh, where do you sit on this? Cause you're kind of in a, a little bit of a different situation where you're your own estimator and own project manager, so for a lot of things.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I have to serve customers, customers of my SaaS app that they're saying, hey, can you do this feature? And it's like, yeah, and I have to give an estimate on approximately when it's going to arrive. And I also do consulting work. And they want to know when their thing's going to be done. So I have to juggle all of that and give as accurate as I can estimates. I mean, the thing about it is, is that the only thing, well, I mean, having something, no estimates. I mean, that's, well, for me, that's kind of ridiculous. Have to give an estimate. But it's more um, trying to make your estimates more accurate. You know, because if someone comes to you and tries to hold your feet to the fire, you said it would be done here. You know, why isn't it done? You could, the response to that would be because it was an estimate. (laughs) Right. And I got it wrong. (laughs) Hence the word. Exactly. So, I mean, I think, you know, so the no estimates, no, you know, no more estimates, I don't agree with, you know, because you have to have some sort of projection um but but really the struggle for me is okay how can i continue to estimate better so because i don't like to say hey you'll have it on monday and then i'm sunday evening trying to you know trying to get it done i think
1: i think that's also like a really key point in all this is Well, there's, there's two things about actually like kind of working to give better estimates. There's a lot of times too, like we, if a project is starting to like slip or there's not a high confidence in the date, then it typically becomes for us. Like, is there some scope we can cut? Like, are there some features we can ship at another time? And that's also. kind of freeing too as a developer, like when you're feeling overwhelmed with an estimate and somebody's like, oh well, here just do a little less work. And you're like, great, yes, I'll do that. Um also it's interesting. I'm glad to hear you your viewpoint too because the work I do, like we we obviously like have customers and stuff, um, but like we're a product company, right? So like uh, I know you mentioned you have SaaS app, but you also do consulting. So like we don't like we answer to customers, but like our projects for devs are really. We're not necessarily giving those estimates for our customers. We're giving it for our project managers, where your estimates consulting are going straight to the people who are waiting on your your work.
2: Right. Yep.
0: Yeah, and you know, I've I've got I, I don't quite understand. I think, and maybe somebody who's who's in the no more estimates camp can explain it to me. Maybe I'm maybe I'm missing a trick here, but I don't understand how anyone could think that a business could work without estimates of some sort. I mean, I'm all for it. no more estimates on your code for funsies side project. That's fine, but um, you know, as a business, you kind of you have to have some kind of estimates. Now, hey, this will be done at 4:53 p.m. on the 23rd of you know february april is impossible in a coding scenario and any project manager that expects that is i think a little bit out of their gourd but um you got to be able to give some kind of estimate as to i think i can get this done now Obviously, junior, senior programmers are going to be better at that than junior programmers because a lot of your accuracy of estimates comes with experience. Um, but as you said, you even experienced programmers know that they need to pad their estimates some because there's always, here's this edge case. Here's this thing that QA found and broke that I didn't think about. Here's this thing that doesn't yeah know, when th-
2: was 3.1 Ruby supposed to be on
0: <laughs> right yeah uh so you know there's always there's always something that comes up in, in coding you can't it's not like building a house where you know hey I'm gonna have this many two by fours on this date and then I can start putting the house you know just it doesn't
2: work like that. And even that that hasn't worked in the last year. <laughs> right? Where are my two by fours?
1: I'm I'm in a interesting spot because i started <laughs> sorry andrew <laughs> no you're good <laughs> i find at the end of the
0: project when i had the most context my etas are more
1: spot on than not yep <laughs> i i'm an interesting spot right now because i actually started a project that revealed that actually we needed to actually do another project in order to fulfill the first one which completely ruined all my estimates like of the original one but it was just understood like now we have to build new estimates for this other project and um yeah so i mean everything my like my life motto lately is like it depends and that's how i feel about like estimates and no estimates like it depends so
0: yeah well i mean that's true <laughs> True says how how accurate are home building estimates? Well, I mean, fair point. Maybe not the best example, but you know what I meant. Um
1: yeah. I, I expect us to see a uh a forward slash Chris Oliver has left the chat.
0: <laughs> well, and, and you know, I think estimates are important and project managers can't really do their jobs if there aren't estimates i mean you know they're listen as a project manager i don't really want to deal with estimates either i hate them i think they suck but they're necessary so how do we find a way to um to get there from here right and i think so one of the suggestions i had one of the things that we do at my job which is um seems to be working well especially as the team grows bigger because it gets harder and harder to kind of keep your arms around this with bigger and bigger teams is we will just say look there's these things out there that have to be done right we've got all these stories out there or these tasks or whatever the tickets or however term you're using our sprints are a week and we say okay i can get this block of stuff done in a week that's my estimate and that way I don't have to go through each one and say, okay, this will take four hours. This will take a day and a half. This, I'll just say this block of stuff can get done this sprint. And that seems to be sufficient for not only the project managers, but the devs um, can generally make a pretty good estimation of, yeah, I think I can get these two or three things done this sprint.
1: Yeah, I like that. We're, we're a little similar at uh, Podia. We, each project is like s- small enough, typically like if it's a big project. It's a, uh, it's reduced down to multiple smaller projects where we're not necessarily estimating, like it'll take me X hours to do that. And that is helpful. And it reminds me a little bit at my first job we didn't have necessarily hard deadlines and estimates too, but we used uh, Pivotal. And so we assigned points to things. And if you think I'm bad at estimating, you should see me try to assign points to something. I like, oh gosh, I would be like, oh, I need to change this text label. Like that's definitely three points out of three. Like, I, I don't know. I'm the worst at that. Right. That, yeah, that, wait, that... wait,
2: what? Can you explain this points thing? Oh, <laughs>
1: So I, I'm going to um, I'm going to say that I'm not an expert in any type of agile or anything. Um, so we used a tracker where someone uh, would add tasks for us to do, and they were user stories. So like as a user, I should expect this to happen, and then we would get assigned them, and we would estimate how long it would take based off zero to three points. So and it's
2: like so, a le- level of effort. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. And, and it, I think the problem for me is, yeah, it, it was more just about effort less than time, I guess. But I was, I was so bad at that. So I'm grateful I don't have to do points anymore. But, and
0: kind of from the project management side, the point of that kind of system is my, my developers have this many points allocated to them per sprint. And when they tell me that these tickets that are assigned take this many points total and it goes beyond that, I've assigned them too many things. But the the problem <laughs> that I always had with that is the, because the estimates are so... have to be so loose, it, that you end up spending a lot of time on something that doesn't really...
2: look at the look at the chat
0: (laughs) Drew where the rules agile where the rules are made up and the points don't matter that's kind of exactly it it. it's whose line is it anyway for programming yeah exactly um but you know you just it it was too involved to to be productive so by the time you spent all that time I could have finished a ticket or two right um instead of going through there doing all that crap, it's easier just to say, look, I've got these 12 tickets. All right. These three, I can do this sprint. Boom.
2: Frankly, Um, this whole point thing sounds like a big mess. It's, it's, it's like too disconnected. Like, I mean the metric that I'm most concerned about is time. So like, if I have to get, even from a project management perspective, yeah, a manager, project (laughs) management perspective, I'm like, I want to know how long it's going to take to do a task. And even from a programming perspective, if I'm the programmer on it, I can estimate, you know, clock time for it. So, I mean, whereas this point system, it seems to muddle things, in my opinion.
1: So we, and for what it's worth, I don't think that they, necessarily use the point system in terms of like estimating okay like we still have like daily stand-ups but I, I guess i look at it too it's like i was a junior and i think about the people i worked with who were incredibly talented like higher than senior level people when they put two points and i put two points those are two different point systems in my mind um it got to the point, no pun intended, where I just stopped assigning points and like I would finish a task and be like, oh, that was like two points worth and then assign it at the end after I'm like marketing is done, so.
0: Yeah, that, well, that's what I found too when trying to use that. So because, you know, as I was learning to be a project manager, I was going through all these different agile systems and trying to implement these things. Oh, that sounds like a good idea. Well, yeah, a lot of them sound great on the whiteboard. But when you start actually using them, you figure out that, oh, this is this is not... <laughs> Not cool. Uh, Andrea Famora, gosh, daily stand-ups nine out of ten, I hope I said your last Fomera. Sorry if I'm butchering that. I'm... I am I know good in English. Nine out of ten
1: I've times. Been, I've been spelling her last name with an extra R for like the past like six years that I've known her. So, <laughs> alright. Um,
0: daily stand-ups waste of time and could have been handled with Slack messages for what folks plan to do that day. Yeah, I, daily stand-ups, you've got to be careful with those. Um we would actually put time limits on them uh when things started getting out of hand. Most of the time though, and we only we don't do them daily, we do them twice a week. Um because other than that, we you know the you just need to know what blockers do you have. Is there anything anything going on that we need to get off the tracks for you?
1: And that actually speaking of blockers That brought me back to something I wanted to say earlier about estimates and even like timing out estimates is that estimates have to be fluid, like because things come up, but like it's also really important for us to have just open communication. Like we don't do standups. So like when we get blocked, like it's on us to speak up, but also like these things that come up, these blockers are going to, are going to just ruin estimates like like this latest one I have where I'm on a whole another project now because of a blocker so I just the point I'm really trying to make is that communication is important in estimating too. like when things are going well and when things are not going well
0: yeah it's true uh Andrea that screams to me like you need stand-ups to find blockers your devs don't feel comfortable enough to raise blockers outside of standups. Uh, not really. It's because of how big and distributed our teams are. We like to have... And they're only 15 minutes. I mean, we do 15-minute stand-ups. Most of the time, we get them done at 10. But we just like to have a little bit of FaceTime so everybody can kind of talk through stuff. Uh, is the reason. We do actually do a lot of raising issues on Slack. Uh, we do that constantly. Um, I probably gripe about things way more than anybody else but but that's because i'm an old grumpy turd um oh daily stand-ups 45 minutes each yeah that's
1: oh that's bad that's bad bad i couldn't stand up for 45 minutes that'd be yeah i'd do like a daily sit down uh, yeah we do we don't do a like standoff stand <laughs> we don't do stand-ups um you could say we have a company-wide standup because we just have one company meeting uh, once a week, Mondays and we go through like the projects, somebody gives like a paragraph, like a 20, 30 second overview of where they are. So the rest of the company knows, but it's not just devs, it's marketing, it's support. And like, that's pretty beneficial because like all these departments get a little bit of just in the know of how the rest of the company is functioning. But outside of that, our, our stand-up uh, for devs is on Fridays. I, I mentioned we do project updates, but we use Basecamp and we have a check-in that's like, what did you get done this week? And we use that just to kind of recap, like this is what my week looked like. And then Monday it asks, like, what are you going to do this week? And I answer that like 5% of the time. So um, we still have those kind of like opportunities to nudge us. But it is nice that it's not necessarily like X time every morning, which is actually also hard for us because we have employees in the US, Europe, and now in Japan. So it would be hard for us to do those type of stand ups. Yeah. Uh,
0: Colin, I need to be doing daily sit ups. Same, Both, buddy. Um, Andrew, the face face time is often. Uh, the reason I've heard when virtual stand-ups have been proposed. Yeah, I, I mean, face-to-face time, I think, is important in and of itself um, because of, you know, human beings. Uh, I prefer virtual. Personally, meetings wreck my productivity. Yeah, I mean, meetings, being careful with meetings is probably a whole other show, too. Um, but I will tell you that the, the reason that we... One of the other reasons, bringing this back to the estimates thing, one of the reasons that we do these twice-a-week stand-ups, the face-to-face stand-ups, uh, we do one on Tuesday and we do one on Thursday. And it's because on Tuesday, it's, it's a chance for the PM to say, okay, everybody's estimated their sprint, put their estimates in for their sprint. Are you still comfortable with those a day in? And then kind of the same thing on Thursday. Are you still comfortable with that? Or do we need to start looking at maybe... Popping some things in the next sprint, or can you take on another short thing tomorrow, type of thing. So it's just a those. It's more of a calibration of where is everybody at? Is everybody comfortable with what they said they could do? Still, um, that's what those face-to-face meetings mostly do for us. And I think that's an important part of of the estimating because that way the devs and the PMs get to calibrate with each other say yeah we're still on track here or no we're having a problem so let's let's figure out what new estimate we need to make um
2: and that's, in regard i oh,
1: oh, i was just gonna say real quickly in regards to no estimates if i didn't have to give estimates and they were like go work on this project i know what i would do and it's not necessarily deliver as much as like oh i need to refactor these 65 files before I can even ship this thing because it needs to be perfect. Like I'm, if I don't have some guidelines I'm going to just do whatever I, basically whatever I want that is related, it's near enough to the project that I could justify making some kind of technical improvement paying some kind of tech deck down but that also doesn't help necessarily it helps me maybe feel better about the application for when we need to add new features in the future, but doesn't help us deliver more value necessarily to users. And so somebody has got to give me an estimate, like somebody has got to keep me in line.
0: Or you become a tinkerer because that's what we like to do, you know?
2: Yeah, so I think it's really important that calibration thing you mentioned and the PMs and developers working together. Because, I mean, so when I was a project manager, why do <laughs> I always You're Taking English say that? lessons from me, man? <laughs> well, I'm I'm worse than even you are. Um when I was a project manager for that Y2K project I did, you know, I had to go to the developers because we had some people that needed to convert the data over to the new system and I had to say, "Okay, I need your estimate on how long it's going to take to convert this data." And they're like, "I have no idea." I was like, "Well, just estimate something." Have, what's the shortest time you think? What's the longest time you think? We'll pick a spot in the middle. But then as the project, and then based upon that, all the estimations for all the tasks, I actually used a Gantt chart. And it, based upon the estimates that everybody had, it flowed down to when the end date would be. And every week we would look at it and say, okay, how is everybody doing on their tasks? And then we needed to rejigger the plan based upon that. So, exactly the thing you're talking about, calibrating, saying, is something taking too long? Is something a little bit short? Hey, maybe. And then I, as the PM, could then adjust the schedule or pull my hair out saying, okay, how are we going to hit the date? Because this thing is now taking longer than it's supposed to, or than not that it was supposed to, then was estimated. So,
1: yeah. Do you mind uh, explaining to Andrew Mason what Y2K was? Because. <laughs> i'm sorry that just hit me funny (laughs) well i did
2: when he was on (laughs)
1: okay okay good 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 good
0: yeah see uh... andrew that's back when we were still communicating on clay tablets so you know you know i'm like
1: 75 years old
0: (laughs) oh oh nice um Brittany, is t-shirt sizing good enough for the estimates? Yeah, as long as you realize that the only t-shirt sizes available are small, medium, and 4x. Then, yeah, do it. Um, so, but yeah, you, you know, I I'm not on board with the no more estimates. I'm certainly on board with the better estimates. Um... The the loose estimates thing, I could buy into from both sides of the argument, right? Um, but no more estimates. Just I I I haven't found I haven't been able to think through a reason or find somebody who can tell me a reason to defend that position. Um, hurts because Jason is way younger than me. No. Well, listen, everybody's way younger than me, so I don't want to hear it. Um <laughs> so yeah i and and I would be interested to hear if if somebody is a no more estimates thinker, I'd be interested to hear why they think that, um because I do I mean, I don't get it, but I'm willing to listen to it, see if maybe I'm missing a trick somewhere, but so far, I just haven't i, I in a business sense, right? So, but yeah, yeah I think businesses are
2: always going to want to know when something can get done,
0: right? So. And I just don't see how you cannot.
2: Yeah, if people order a car, they want that car to come at a particular time. They don't want to wait forever.
0: But but one of the big takeaways tonight is, don't ever expect your house to be built on time. That's you know, that's the important part. So, so thanks for bringing that to light, um, chat. We, you know, we appreciate that, that knowledge drop there.
1: Yeah. You should, uh, you should talk, you should talk to Chris about estimates next week. <laughs> oh, well, we, we just might. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. As, as you mentioned, we are going to have Chris Oliver on next, next Wednesday. Uh, he's going to join us. Um, Graciously accepted my invitation to to take your seat next week, Jason, and uh, and get you know blasted by chat. Chat, you're so lovely. <laughs> uh, um, Brooke Oliver, welcome, Brooke. Not just about wanting to know when something will ship, though. It's also about planning from financial perspective. Exactly. Yes. I mean, businesses have to know, you know, how much, how much, what are the cost of goods sold, and you've got to, you've got to figure that out. You've got to so that you know how to charge for your product. You've got there's all kinds of things that are necessary to have estimates for. But
2: like, sorry, go ahead.
1: I just say, Brooke, why would I estimate anything when I just push to main? All the time.
2: <laughs> Ouch. Um yeah, there's the thing. I mean, imagine a movie because you know there's a particular time, or imagine a Christmas season and you need to get product on the shelves at a particular time. And maybe you for this movie you need to drop a trailer or and all this other marketing in other businesses need to have targeted times because somebody else is working on a project and it all needs to be coordinated at the proper time.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think it's important for the business side to understand that um, that developers can't be 100% accurate with their estimates. They They've got to have yeah. some wiggle room, you know?
2: Well, again that's why it's an estimate
0: right i mean you know look up the definition of the word pms if you don't understand
2: what that means it's like if they want perfection can you give me an accurate <laughs> so right. not an estimate but an accurate
1: i'm big on estimating my estimates that's what i can promise that i will do at work
0: yeah i'm big on tripling my estimates but you know <laughs> tell my product manager uh, but you know, still. Um, but they know. I mean, it's it's not like it's a closely guarded secret that devs have to pad their estimates to keep any kind of sanity. Um,
1: that's a good point. Like uh, also, voice crack. Uh, that's <laughs> a good point because at least like with the product managers I work with at Podia, like they know. I think they have a pretty good sense whether they say it or not of when I give an estimate, whether it feels right or not, like they've been doing it long enough, like they know if I'm too high or too low, like, so again, team loose estimates, right?
2: So, so listen, chat, this is from now on. This
0: is the hashtag we use, okay? That's the one. Wanna see any more of this no more estimates hashtag stuff? That's not fair. PMs have a job too. Um, But I will tell you, you know, as a PM, from the PM standpoint, I don't want the devs to try to be 100% accurate with their estimates down to the hour two, because that just makes my job harder. I want them to pad their estimates because when I turn around and tell a customer, okay, we think we can do this in three weeks and I've got a week worth of padding, that makes me sleep better at night. Because I know that invariably when something goes the way it can't, um, I'll have a little bit of wiggle room with the customer too. You know, so I, if PMs are trying to get that accurate with their estimating, they, they are not... Really thinking this through <laughs> to the
2: end. And the so, other, you know, well, one go, one of the golden rules is under promise over deliver. And if you do a little bit long in your estimate and you deliver it, can deliver it slightly early, all the better.
0: Right. Uh, Brooke says, I feel like if a card cannot be estimated, then the engineers have not been given enough info to be doing estimations in the first place. I 100% agree with that. Either that or the story is too big to estimate and needs to be broken down further. <laughs> under promise, under deliver. <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> uh, um. <laughs> Colin. Andrew, is that, that the motto you're spreading around internally under promise, under deliver? Um, so, yeah, I, I I would challenge the developers who are in this no more estimates camp to kind of think through, well, what does this look like when it gets off of my desk? desk. Hi, English, I'm Chris. Um, when it gets off of my desk, what do they have to do with it? And PMs, I challenge you to think about what kind of position am I putting the devs in when I expect them to be really, really good at estimates, right? Um, So take away what you will. Maybe I'm just blowing smoke and babbling, who knows. But um, I hope... That this is at least let some people think a little more. Um, I hope that chat had a good time. They seem to. Just, you know, ragging on Jason and each other. So <laughs> that's lots of fun. Um, but uh, we are pushing up on time. So we're going to have to say good night, Jason. I really, really appreciate you being here, man. This was a super <laughs> fun night. Um, I can't thank you enough. This I was honored
1: to be invited. Yeah,
2: this is Thanks. awesome.
0: Oh, Thanks absolutely. Uh, you, you were a great kickoff to our awesome August guest list. Um, we have we've got quite a few more awesome guests coming up. Uh, like I said, we've got uh, Chris Oliver coming next week. Um, so make sure you guys show up for that. Uh, you can talk to him. And make sure that you listen to the... Remote Ruby podcast that Jason and Andrew do. Um, it's a great podcast, and you should check it out.
1: And Chris. And Chris can't leave can't leave our, our our triangle brother in arms out. That's right.
0: Um. So, uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. We certainly did. Uh, thank you again, Jason, for showing up. Thank you, chat, for coming in and making this enjoyable. Uh, we always love when you guys come in and chat with us reason we do this live is so that you can. Um, We will uh, be seeing you next Wednesday with Chris Oliver at 8 p.m. Eastern time for another live fun stream. Uh, If you did enjoy this and you're watching on YouTube, please make sure and mash that like button. Um, Please also subscribe so that you know when we go live. Both of those things are absolutely free and it makes us feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Uh, If you really want to help the channel, the best thing you can do is to tell your lovely friends, because you're lovely people and you have many lovely friends, bring them on Wednesday nights. We hope that you will join us next Wednesday. And until then, happy programming.
2: Happy programming.
0: Bye.